0: welcome to you wherever you're at whomever you're with we are so very glad that you are here with us for these few moments this weekend before we jump into our teaching if you haven't yet discovered the U version bible app uh, absolutely free all kinds of resources and you'll find a complete set of notes For this weekend's message just look under events arlington fm church also do want to mention uh when you're on your podcast player if you'll search for arlington fm church you will find all of our teaching content well uh, we're in a series called disciple be one make one and it's uh it's an invitation uh, to all kinds of people uh, to be used by god to bring the life of god the hope of god the faith in Jesus Christ to actually be conduits of that to others. In fact, we've defined a disciple uh, in this way. A disciple is someone who receives the free gift of salvation. They experience a radical and complete transformation so that they can participate in a new vocation of Of bringing the life of God to others and bringing others to God. Uh, Here's how Jesus made the most primitive, the very first recorded call of people to follow him. Here's what he said Uh, Jesus said, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. An incredible invitation uh, that Jesus said, If we'll follow him, He will remake us into the kind of people that can bring the infinite life of God to others. And uh, last week we uh, underscored this truth. If we only knew what Jesus is inviting us into, we would go absolutely all in. Because we would realize that uh, this invitation uh, to become uh, recipients of salvation, transformation, and participate in his vocation is really where our best lives are found. It's where abundant life is found. In fact, Jesus said this, uh, if we'll lose our lives for his sake and the sake of the good news, we'll actually find them. You know, last week I referenced a good friend of mine who uh, in the early days of uh, developing running shoes, uh, he was invited with a group of his colleagues to start a new shoe company. He passed. He had other busy uh, things to tend to. Uh, they pressed forward with their idea, and uh, they actually named their company Nike. And, uh, you know, uh, as Christians, uh, we can choose lesser things. We can focus on the things that don't matter nearly as much as the one thing that changes everything. And it's what Jesus invited us into to uh, follow him and become fishers of men well uh, we saw in the example of Peter uh, that that means leaving some things behind Uh, we're told that Peter left his boat and his nets uh, along with his colleagues and they followed Jesus Uh, but also uh, Peter began realizing right away it meant leaving behind religion as he knew it as he practiced it Uh, right away Luke uh, in his gospel records that Jesus um, uh, touched a leper and healed him. And uh, if you were a good Jewish uh, follower of God, you knew that you didn't touch lepers. And then Jesus uh, forgave a man of his sin. And uh, again, uh, you knew that according to the Old Testament, only God forgives sins. And there's a there's a, a season and a sequence of rituals that have to be gone through in order to obtain. That forgiveness. Well, uh, probably mo- more unsettling than anything for Peter is uh, Jesus then invites a tax collector to join the ranks, uh, to become like Peter, a disciple who would follow Jesus and experience transformation and join him in becoming a fisher of men. And, uh, you know, in uh, Peter's time, uh, there were sinners, there were people who disregarded God, uh, and could care less about the ways of God. And then a rung below sinners were tax collectors. And so these were, it was a special category of people that were far away and considered reprobate by those who wanted to honor God with their lives. Well, uh, Levi is now not only among Peter and the other disciples, uh, but we're told, as we saw last week, that Levi throws a great party for Jesus uh, and his followers to join him. And at that party, there's a whole bunch of tax collectors, you know, the, the rung below sinners. The house is now filled with them. And Jesus is eating with them, sharing what the Jews would have called table fellowship, which, again, was a big no-no with sinners and especially uh, tax collectors. Uh, but uh, Peter knew what was coming as he uh, observed what was happening in Levi's house and uh, the religious leaders were looking down their religious noses at the behavior of Jesus and his disciples, and they asked this question, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Peter's like, I got nothing. I don't know why he's leading us in this sort of behavior. But Jesus had something, and we saw last week, that uh, Jesus had this classic, categorically uh, redefining statement about what it means to be devoted to God. Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. I've not come. Now, be reminded, this is eternal God made flesh. The word of God became flesh and lived among us. And so Jesus is now speaking authoritatively. He says, I've not come to call the righteous. But I've come to call sinners to repentance. And uh, these people that are making the religious elite uncomfortable, Jesus said, these are now the focus of our faith. Uh, If we want to honor God, here's how we do it. By building bridges with these people that are far from God, these ostracized, outcast, overlooked, underappreciated people are the essence of of our religious devotion. We show our love for God by loving people like this. Well, uh, the religious uh, dudes, they weren't okay with a faith that focused on befriending really mixed up people. I Hear that again? These religiously elite uh, leaders were not okay with a faith that focused on hanging out with broken, messed up people. And so they said, Well, answer us this. John's disciples, they often fast and pray. And so the disciples of the Pharisees Uh, were disciplined about our faith. But yours, they go on eating and drinking. Well, here's the translation of their, their issue. How can God possibly be into this kind of ragtag religion? This doesn't seem like the religion we've come to know and prefer. In fact it doesn't seem very holy uh, where's the discipline uh, where's where's the, the rigor of devotion well here's how jesus answered that critique he said look can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them in those days they will fast and here's what jesus is saying uh, the only reason you do any uh, religious ritual is to get close to God, uh, to draw near to God, to incline your heart to God and your ear to God, and to discern what God's will is for you. Well, Jesus says, why in the world would my followers do that when God is with them? There's no need to go through uh, any sort of ritualistic practice in order to find God. God is with them. But then he goes on. He told them a story, as he often does when he wants to make a point, teach a lesson. He told them this parable. Look, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. You don't go to Nordstrom's and buy an expensive shirt in order to cut a patch from it and put it on an old garment. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins, and and no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, look, uh, I've not come to put a patch on old-time religion. I've not come to empower old efforts to be devoted to God. I brought something entirely new. And uh, you got a choice to make. Uh, You can choose the old religion, which many prefer, or you can open up to this new thing that I'm doing, this new wine, which requires entirely new wineskins. And uh, so here's a good question. Uh, How do we become new wineskins, how do we become the kind of people who can actually receive this uh, new, powerful, infinite? uh, Think of uh, Peter throwing his nets down at the command of Jesus and having them so filled with fish his boats were sinking. Uh, Think of that kind of outpouring of the life of God. How do we become those new wineskins that actually can receive Uh, that sort of outpouring of God's life, Uh, well, I'm glad you asked, because that's exactly uh, what Jesus goes into now in his shaping of Peter and Levi and the disciples. Uh, We've seen the calling of the first disciples. They go along with him. Uh, He sees them uh, touching untouchable people, uh, forgiving sins, Uh, calling the broken to follow him, engaging them in his work. You know, they say it's always easier to drive a steering car, and that's really the way, or uh, to steer a moving car, and uh, that's really the way that Jesus cultivates and shapes his disciples. He calls them to follow. They engage with him in his work of reaching and touching people, and now comes the teaching moment Uh, We're told uh, in chapter 6, looking at his disciples, uh, Jesus said this to them, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people despise you or hate you, and they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of your relationship with me. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich now, for you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well-fed now, for you're going to go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep, and woe to you when everyone speaks highly of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Well, uh, as we uh, dip in uh, to this teaching of Jesus, uh, this is really the first uh, body of curriculum that Jesus goes through with his new followers. And it's uh, it's it's basic training. It's uh, Christ Follower 101. He's giving them the essential values and priorities of those who would be transformed, who would be trained and equipped to fish for people, who would bring the living God into uh, the lives of people who are far away from God. And so uh, I would really encourage you. uh, We're going to go through a lot of red letters. This is a teaching straight out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, infinite God flesh among us, telling us very clearly what God's will is for people of devotion. And first and foremost, he says this, becoming a fisher of people is not about uh, learning how to be blessed and powerful. It's not about learning how to be in charge and how to dictate the edicts of God to others. In fact, it's just the opposite. Uh, Jesus said... uh, Real usefulness to God begins when we realize how utterly dependent we are on God and how desperate we are for mercy. See, uh, dependent and desperate doesn't sound like blessed and powerful, because it's not. It's an identification with the brokenness of people, because that is what we are. And any other perception of ourselves in relationship uh, to the work of God and the calling of God, other than desperate dependence on His mercy, uh, is a is a false belief. It's building life on a false foundation. Well, you got that locked in. Uh, becoming fishers of men becomes uh, begins when we realize how utterly needy we are. And so, with that fixed in place, Jesus now. Uh, shovels in the truth about being one of his followers here's what he says but to you who are listening here's what I say love your enemies you gotta shake your head a bit and say wait what what did you just say love your enemies do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you pray for those who mistreat you if someone slaps you on one cheek Turn to them the other. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And so this initial volley of a revolutionary way of doing life is... uh, jesus says look you want to join me in my work of saving the world Uh, start with this love your enemies and do good to those who are far away from you who don't see the world the way you do who don't honor god the way you do in fact their lives may be despicable pour yourself out for them and give him your best he goes on to, to kind of describe what this sort of disposition is really like he says, look, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Uh, even hate groups love one another. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even Putin does stuff like that. He says, and look, uh, if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you, even lending tree does that. Uh, But love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back, then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the most high. Now this has gotta be scrambling the brains of these new followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, You will be children of the most high when you act like this because God is kind To the ungrateful and wicked Uh, hear those words again read them aloud because god is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked be merciful just as your father is merciful to you Uh, do good lend to others without expecting anything in return no expectations no qualifiers give your best when it's deserved the least, and, uh, and then he goes on to uh, really touch on uh, what often hinders us from giving our best to those who might deserve it the least, and it's our tendency uh, to pre-qualify, uh, to disqualify, to judge and condemn others that don't act the way we think they should, or don't believe the way we, we, we want them to. He says, look, uh, you want to be a fisher of people? You want to be like me in the world? You want to honor your heavenly father? Then do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. In other words, you'll receive more than you could possibly contain if you'll learn to enter into this radical generosity of heart towards others. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Uh, Jesus is inviting them. Uh, use a different measure in the way that you interact with people. Draw from a different account. Uh, tap into a different resource. A never-ending spring that never runs dry. And uh, as we said, uh, to deepen a point, to make a a more profound impression, Jesus often spins the tale, tells the story. So he he also told them a parable. He said, look, can the blind lead the blind? Uh, Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. What he's saying is this. Uh, if, if you're not willing to embrace uh, Jesus' lordship teaching 101, these are the basics. Love your enemies. Do good to those who harm you and hate you. Uh, pour out your best. Be merciful. Uh, lend to those who could never pay you back. Uh, stop judging others extend mercy and kindness and become like God in the world if you can't do that and yet you're trying to influence others towards God uh, you're basically leading them into a pit Uh, it's a blind person uh, someone who hasn't yielded uh, to the priorities of Christ and yet is pretending feigning uh, religion uh, pretending to know some things that others need to know and Jesus said, look, uh, you've got to go back to square one and say, God, I'm blind. I need to, I need to see more clearly because the truth is uh, you'll never influence others to honor God if you dishonor him by not receiving the teaching of Jesus Christ. Uh, keep in mind, this is basic training. And uh, so he expands uh, this truth. He said, look, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? But you pay no attention to the plank that is in your own and the speck and the plank would be this. Uh, Jesus is saying, I'm giving you the most basic priorities about what it means to follow me. You got to love your enemies and stop judging people. Uh, Be with the sick and the hurting and those who are far from God. And uh, if you're disregarding that, how in the world can you pretend to to wanna correct, uh, manage the ethics and the morale morality of others? when you're disregarding the most basic uh, requirements of the Lord Jesus Christ? How can you say to your brother, brother, uh, let me correct your behavior. Let me take the speck out of your eye. When you yourself fail to see the plank that is in your own eye, and now uh, Jesus uses a word we may not like to hear, may make some of us mad. You hypocrite. He's saying, you play actor you're not really honoring God because you could care less about what his highest priorities are. Uh, first, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brothers. And uh, and now he, he kind of starts zeroing in on his point. Uh, here's what he says. Look, folks, no good tree uh, bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Uh, Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil person brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And uh, here's what Christ is saying. if we'll embrace his radical teaching about how to really honor God by the way that we pour ourselves out for undeserving sinners, those who are apart from God, we will become good trees. We'll be reworked from the inside out. Our values, our priorities, our self-perception, our view of others, our view of what matters in the world will be retooled from the inside out. We'll become the kind of people uh, that bring forth good out of the goodness of our heart. And lo and behold, as we endure that process, we're becoming fishers of men. We're becoming those who rather than uh, are repulsive to those who are desperate for God, uh, we become attractional. They begin to spot something in us that sparks hope in them. And, uh, you know, they say a good teacher uh, will say what they're going to say. They'll say it. And then they'll say what they said. Well, that's essentially what Jesus does in this, this little mini-sermon. Uh, he, he said what he's going to say. Now he, he says what he said. Here's, here's how he puts it. Uh, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do what I say. You, you need to pause on those words for a minute. Uh, why do we say we, we are so passionate about Christianity, and honoring God and the Ten Commandments. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? But you don't do the basic thing I'm saying here about loving your enemies and stopping with the judging people and being extravagantly crazy, generous in the way that you interact with people who even harm you or take from you. Uh, He's saying, look, uh, everyone who comes to me and hears my words, which we've done, and puts them into practice, which I hope we're all gonna do, I will show you what that person is like. They're like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck, but that it could not shake it because it was well built. Uh, But the one who hears these words, and has no intention of putting them into practice. They want the old-time religion. Jesus said that some who have drunk the old wine, they're quite content with that, and they want to stick with that. Well, here's what they are like, according to Jesus. They don't put the words into practice. They're like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. I remember uh, during the housing boom, right before the housing crash, there were all kinds of building projects. Entire communities were built. And uh, one of the uh, the nuances of that housing boom is many developments were not built well. In fact, uh, tracts of homes, uh, hundreds and hundreds of homes, uh, went. The owners went into litigation because those houses were not built well. And that's a parable. It's a picture uh, of what Jesus is saying. uh, When we hear these uh, difficult words of his, about what it really means to be a follower of his, uh, to not only call him Lord, Lord, but to do what he said in the way we love people far from God, Uh, if we're not doing the inside work and letting that... uh, change us and our values, our outlooks on people, and letting it shape our behaviors and our actions and our attitudes. Uh, We've not built well. We've built on a false foundation and we're heading for a crash. Uh, But if we'll do the internal work, uh, we'll become fishers of people. Like Jesus in the world, uh, we'll become the presence of God stepping into people's lives who are desperately in need of God, and that we become sources of hope and life to others. Well, uh, I would like to close with a few thoughts. Uh, This is not an easy uh, pathway that Jesus is inviting us to. Uh, It's very difficult. It's very challenging, very unsettling. Uh, Maybe like Peter, uh, this is violating uh, everything we've ever known about how to do religion how to be the kind of uh, people that honor God with our lives. And Jesus said, you want to you really do that? Start here. Start by loving the people that seem to dishonor God, that could care less about his standards. Start by giving yourself uh, in a powerful way, in a generous way, in a gracious way, expecting nothing in return, uh, demonstrating the kindness and the mercy of God. You know, it's kind of like this. I did a little reading this week on Navy SEAL training, and uh, that is no easy process uh, when you look at what they have to endure. I read a little bit about the, the crazy uh, disciplines they have to go through in order to complete their, uh, their Navy SEAL training. Uh, one of them was uh, a, a night swim through shark-infested waters off the coast of San Diego, a two-mile swim uh, to a tanker anchored out at sea. And there they had to swim down to the deepest part of that ship and attach something to the hull. And, uh, you know, uh, when you think about uh, people who endure that kind of training, it's crazy. It's not for everyone. But here's the truth. When they emerge uh, from the the difficult uh, training sessions... WHEN THEY PERSEVERE, uh, THEY EMERGE AS PEOPLE WHO CAN PROTECT OUR FREEDOM. Uh, THEY EMERGE AS PEOPLE WHO CAN DO GOOD IN THE WORLD, PERHAPS EVEN SAVE uh, MANY OF THE PEOPLE IN THE WORLD. AND, and AGAIN, I THINK THAT'S A PICTURE uh, OF THE KIND OF uh, RIGOR JESUS IS INVITING HIS FOLLOWERS INTO, INVITING US INTO. HE NEVER PROMISED IT WOULD BE EASY. IN FACT, HE CALLED IT A NARROW WAY. And he said, the way that leads to life is narrow, and those who find it are few. But the rewards are immense. Uh, As we mentioned last week, uh, we evolve. We become those very uh, persons that God created us to be. We become our best selves. We step into abundant life, and the rewards, Jesus said, will be so pressed down, shaken together, that we can't contain them. They'll be that great from God, and uh, here's some observations one Navy SEAL graduate made about the training. He said, uh, first of all, you learn, never judge by outward appearances. It relates to what Jesus said, you want to bear good fruit? Make the tree good. don't Don't go by outward conformity. Make the tree good on the interior. He said during his training, the smaller students would be separated into their own team. Uh, obviously the butt of a few jokes. None of them were over five foot five inches tall. They were called the munchkin crew. And in this crew, everyone was a different race, religion, education, or orientation. And they were the most successful crew in the entire class. So uh, it doesn't matter what the outward appearance is. If inwardly, we're, we're poor, we're hungry, we're Desperately needy, and we're hungry for the will and the ways of God, uh, will become powerful uh, spiritually and be used by God. Uh, The second thing this Navy SEAL graduate observed is failure is inevitable. Uh, In this rigorous training, you are going to fail. Here's what he writes Every day, a thorough and relentless uniform inspection took place. No matter how perfect yours was, there was always something wrong. The punishment, you had to walk fully clothed into the sea, roll around on wet sand till you were entirely covered, and you weren't permitted to change for the rest of the day. Uh, Many recruits couldn't accept how unfair this was. They were the ones who didn't exceed. Uh, So we, we acknowledge right off the bat, in this kind of radical giving of ourselves for others, Jesus is calling his disciples to, Failure is inevitable. Let that be part of the preparation and the education. And then thirdly, uh, this graduate uh, Navy SEAL uh, observed this about his training. He said, don't be afraid of pain. Every Navy SEAL uh, have conditioning requirements to meet. If you weren't fast enough or strong enough, you were given extra hours of physical training. This was designed to grind you down physically and mentally. Those who found themselves punished day after day eventually changed. They became faster, stronger, and more fit than the others. See, they had built inner strength and resiliency. And he says, don't worry if you have a bad day. Incorporate that into your training process. Well, uh, uh, here's where we end Uh, in this uh, edition of Disciple, Be One, Make One, is, um, you know, self-styled religion, self-styled Christianity has its allure. Uh, There's some things that we like about uh, making our devotion what we want it to be. Uh, But here's the point that Christ is making. That approach to his lordship is not only not productive it's destructive there's a there there are penalties there are costs that are incurred when we don't authentically give way to the teaching of our lord and master who says i want you to love your enemies the way that i do and uh, stop judging people and start giving yourself more completely to them Uh, make the tree good AND IT WILL PRODUCE GOOD FRUIT. AND uh, I WOULD JUST uh, LIKE TO ACKNOWLEDGE THIS. IT'S HARD TO UNLEARN THINGS THAT WE'VE LEARNED. Uh, THIS IS A CLASSIC PICTURE OF a, a MAN WHO ADMITTEDLY HAS ONE OF THE WORST STROKES uh, OF ever ANY GOLFER WHO'S EVER PLAYED THE GAME. HIS NAME IS CHARLES BARKLEY. Uh, BUT uh, HE WILL BE THE FIRST TO TELL YOU uh, HE LEARNED HOW TO SWING A GOLF CLUB THE WRONG WAY. AND IT'S INCREDIBLY HARD TO UNLEARN things that we have learned. Uh, I had a friend who was very, very athletic, and uh, we went golfing together, and uh, he was not a good golfer, but man, he was strong. And uh, as we went uh, around this uh, round of golf, I could see he was getting more and more frustrated because that ball wasn't doing what he wanted it to do. And as he stood over one shot, I heard him utter the words, I'm going to kill this thing. And uh, he read back, and he hit that ball so hard, it popped up and it defied the laws of physics. It actually came back at him, and he had to duck to get out of the way. And, uh, you know, that's a, it's a great picture of how the things we learn about religion, the things we assume that God wants from us, the things we assume makes God angry that we should be willing to die for, Uh, may not be at all the things that God is passionate about. In fact, I would say, how about we revert to the words of Jesus? Uh, Don't we believe that he is God in the flesh? And that when Jesus speaks, he's declaring the heart, the priority, and the values of God. And uh, so as we pray, uh, you know, Jesus said, look, folks, the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of people in the world who need to experience God as he is. And I'm calling people to follow me, to endure this process of transformation and training and uh, redeployment as my fellow fishers of people. And uh, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so pray and ask God to change that. And would you join me? Uh, Father... THANK YOU FOR YOUR TRUTH. THANK YOU FOR YOUR LOVE FOR PEOPLE. NO MATTER HOW MESSED UP, NO MATTER HOW BROKEN, NO MATTER HOW FAR AWAY WE ARE FROM YOU, GOD, uh, YOU TREAT US WITH KINDNESS. JESUS SAID THAT. YOU GIVE US YOUR BEST. YOU POUR YOUR BLESSINGS OUT ON US. Uh, YOU LEND TO US. YOU GIVE FREELY TO US, EXPECTING NOTHING IN RETURN, BECAUSE THAT'S YOUR NATURE. AND, uh, LORD, THANK YOU uh, FOR THESE CHALLENGING WORDS. AND uh, WE WOULD JUST INVITE YOU TO HAVE YOUR WAY WITH US. LORD, IF THERE'S SOME THINGS WE NEED TO UNLEARN, uh, THOSE WORDS YOU SPOKE, uh, WE CAN'T TAKE OUR OLD RELIGIOUS THINGS AND PATCH THE NEW ONTO IT. WE NEED TO BECOME NEW wineskins. AND, uh, LORD, IF WE'RE OF THOSE PEOPLE WHO PREFER THE OLD, We don't want to change we we like what we've come to know and believe and trust about our faith Uh, lord would you help us to see that we're getting the short end of the trade-off there and that we would open up to your bigger plan to your better purpose lord if it means going through seal training enduring persevering the hardship in order to become what you're calling us to be we're open to that. Maybe as you're hearing these words, you're thinking, you know, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to become a follower of Jesus Christ. You can do that right now. It's uh, happened in the Gospels immediately as Jesus spoke, as he worked, as he walked into people's lives. They dropped what they were doing, and they followed him. You're ready to do that, I would just say, right where you're at, uh, just say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to follow you. Uh, I'm poor in spirit. I'm hungry for God. I'm ready for something new, Lord, and I want you to uh, come into my life, uh, share fellowship with me, uh, join me uh, in my brokenness, and take me to where you're leading me. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to know your goodness, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.